It's Monday. It's September 3rd, and the word of the day is Naughty. It means when you do a bunch of really bad shit, but it doesn't matter because the people with the constitutional obligation to vet you aren't allowed to know about it and can, in fact, go fuck themselves. Used in a sentence, Heath knows more words than me, so I have to make up shit like Naughty when he's not here. Kevin Farty. Mm-hmm. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm No Illusions. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. Oh, this week's episode, Life Without Heath is a lot less pun. Missouri puts the term beat your meat in legal limbo if you don't plan on eating your own dick. The mayor of London will get totally pwned. And John McCain will show Trump what he'll really have to do if he wants to make America great again. But first, the diatribe. You know, the saddest thing about the death of John McCain for me was that it forced me to reflect on the fact that at this point in political history, that was what passed for bipartisanship. Now, to be clear, I actually admire the shit out of John McCain. I I saw a lot of people on my social media asking which dirt they were going to use to bury him with so they could dance on it in advance. So I know I'm not speaking for all the listeners when I say that. And I absolutely understand and largely agree with all the various complaints that get him there. He was a warmonger. He was a hypocrite. He unleashed Sarah Palin under the national stage. He was a shameless corporatist. He got in bed with the very worst of theocratic bigots during his 2008 presidential bid. The list is pretty long, and despite all this, the mainstream media has been slobbering all over his cock for a week without the barest hint that maybe he helped to kill a lot of brown people through his jingoistic fervor. So I get why some people want to temper that with a reminder of all the bad shit he had his fingers in, but as to the grave dancing, I don't want in. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that I'm above dancing on somebody's grave. You know, the day Donald Trump dies, the day Mike Pence dies, the day Peter Popoff, Pat Robertson, Yuri Geller, or the guy who runs that homophobic cake shop in Colorado dies, I'll be at the graveyard ready for your hoedown, but I'm just not quite there with John McCain. For me, there's too much admirable shit counterposing all the bad. See, the thing is, when I try to get into his head, uh, not the brain cancery parts, obviously, but but the other parts, I, I see how he gets there. I mean, you could call him a warmonger, and I wouldn't say it's exactly inaccurate, but I also see how he gets to a point where he thinks military intervention against oppressive governments is generally a good thing. I don't agree with that. You know, I don't think history supports it, but I see a path that leads to that conclusion that doesn't detour through bloodlust. You could call him a hypocrite, and you'd be right, but I also see how how a guy who serves in Congress for 36 years is going to have to make some compromises long term that are going to make a hypocrite out of him. You know, and you can't exactly publicly say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to abandon my principles this time because I need the party to get behind me on this other thing. So you say some hypocritical shit. The Sarah Palin thing is unforgivable. I'll give you that much. In fact, a pretty good argument could be made that she was the incubator of for Trumpism. But at least McCain admitted that was a mistake. And even then, I mean, you know, the dude, he's desperate. He makes a dumb mistake in a campaign that he'd already lost. How often does the losing tickets VP candidate end up having mattered? I mean, one way or the other, it's a horrible thing, and I'm not eager to forgive him for it, but when you look at how the decision was made, you can't argue it was intelligent, but it's also hard to argue that it was malicious. In fact, at its root, it was progressive in a warped, stupid kind of way. Uh, What else? A shameless corporatist? Sure, but that's basically what Republican means at this point. 
and I hope it's obvious from virtually everything I've said about that in the last 78 episodes of this show that I disagree with those ideas pretty much across the board. But again, I see how you get there. I see how a person can buy into the rising tide lifts all boats analogy enough to think ridiculous advantages for rich people serve the interest of the nation at large. I get how you make peace with exploitation in underdeveloped countries by telling yourself there's no way they can develop except through export. Again, I don't agree with any of this, but I don't think you have to be malevolent to get there. And as for getting in bed with the Franklin Grahams of the world on his way to the White House, bid. Well, I, I can't really fault him much at all for that. Anybody running on the right would have to at least pay lip service to Jesus's gatekeepers. And since he didn't win the election, we don't really know if he'd ever have done more than pay them lip service. And look, I'm as uninclined as anybody to forgive politicians for buddying up with religion. But to be fair, when Obama talked about how Christian he was, I nodded along with a wink and I said, yeah, super church going, aren't you? You really believe in that God? You know, McCain's record wasn't sterling by any measure, but he certainly didn't cater to the religious right in comparison to his Republican colleagues. So yeah, hardly an encomium here, but the point is that as much as I disagree with virtually every pillar of John McCain's political philosophy, I don't think he had to be spiteful or wicked or intentionally inhumane to get to it. And that is what passes for bipartisanship today. The simple admission that the other guy isn't evil. And what's more, it's dead. It died with him. Because this whole point doesn't translate to the post-McCain Republican Party, does it? I honestly don't see a way to support Donald Trump and not be evil no matter how charitable I want to get. I have some trouble working my way around to the economic conclusions they have without just writing it off as self-dealing bullshit from millionaires to begin with. But when you add in the racism and the homophobia and the xenophobia and the blatant corruption and the misogyny and the treason, I can't get there without resorting to villainy, cowardice, or hopeless stupidity. And a third of the nation is still there, along with 50 senators and 55% of the House. See, a lot of people held the funeral for bipartisanship years ago, but I think that was all premature. They should have saved it for today. Because no matter how much we were at each other's throats, bipartisanship lived as long as it was a goal, as long as it was an ideal, as long as it was something that people might naively strive for. But at this point, even we centrists have to accept it. When the other side descends this deep into bigotry and malice, there's no merit in compromise. And even an effort to understand them risks a morally corrupt justification. So yeah, John McCain already got plenty of eulogies from far more gifted rhetoricians than me, but I came to eulogize something else. And I came not to praise bipartisanship, but to bury it. Joining me for headlines tonight is fellow skeptic rat Eli Bosnick. Eli, NFL season starts this week. Who you got? Who's, who's winning the Super Bowl? Clayshawn Twankson. Wow. Thought you would have at least known I was looking for a team. But quick, that before I get snarky emails with the term <laughs> sports ball in them, for even the barest hint that I enjoy watching an athletic competition, we'll take a quick break for a word from this week's first sponsor, ZipRecruiter. Hi, I'm Eli Bosnick. And I'm No Illusions. And we used to hire people. For a living. So we've got a few tips on a better way to hire. One. If you call someone's reference and they explain that that person is their child and don't give them a good reference, don't hire that person. Two, if they ask how late they're allowed to be to the interview, don't hire that person. But the best tip we can give you is if you're looking for a smarter way to hire, try ZipRecruiter.com. 
ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employees post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That's right. Glondage. The amount of time someone will last at your job if they describe themselves in an interview as an aspiring Instagram model. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Skeptocrat. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash S-K-E-P-T-I-C-R-A-T. ZipRecruiter.com slash Skeptocrat. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now, back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, a recent Washington Post-ABC news poll has downgraded the number of people still supporting Trump from mortifyingly large to just terrifyingly large. And at this point, we might as well break out the champagne over that, because otherwise we're never going to get to drink it. Exactly. Woo! Six circle of hell, y'all. <laughs> Leveled Six up. circle of hell. <laughs> Leveled up. Uh, the new poll shows Trump's dr- disapproval rating at a new all-time high of 60%, with 53% adding like a motherfucker, or in polling lingo, strongly disapprove. Uh, for comparison, that's about 8% higher than Nixon's disapproval rate on the day he resigned from office. <laughs> That's right. We're hoping Donald Trump attains the dignity and sobriety of Richard Nixon. Oh, if only. Uh, now, there's plenty of other bad news in the poll for the White House as well. A whopping 84% said Trump has failed to reduce the amount of corruption in Washington, with the remaining 16% saying there is not an exorbitant no-bid federal contract behind my back. That's what you're hiding behind your back. I don't know. It's just like, mm. dude, I can see it. Can you fold it or no, something? I don't but, have okay. to folded anymore now nearly two-thirds of americans support the special counsel investigation more than half of them strongly with a similar majority supporting the manafort conviction opposing the idea of pardoning manafort and opposing the idea of firing sessions to undermine the investigation or for sounding like he has marbles in his mouth whatever the fucking (laughs) excuse du jour is trump even failed to get a majority approval on the economy the one area of public policy where the data don't definitively scream this guy's a pathetic corrupt fuck up I mean, the data say that they just, you know, it's just in a conversational tone in this instance. Yeah, dude has what, six, seven inches of coat that Obama laid down for him before our economy wades into waist high bloody shit? Like, come on, (laughs) credit. Yeah, at most, yeah. But perhaps most damning to Trump's future, a 53% majority answered yes to the question, do you think Trump has tried to interfere with Mueller's investigation in a way that amounts to obstruction of justice? And 49% believe Congress should begin impeachment proceedings, which means... At least 4% of respondents simultaneously believe that Trump has committed a felony or multiple felonies, but don't think he should be impeached. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that suggests that 4% of Americans are against justice itself, and they're just glad somebody's finally standing up to it. Right. This is a, why is she wearing a blindfold if she's already blind? Probably faking it. Social Security, right. disability benefits. Fuck her. And and while we're diving into these numbers, I think it's worth taking a second look at the partisan split here. Obviously, virtually all Democrats disapprove of his performance and uh, approval rate among even Republicans is down to 78 percent, which is way too high, but still really fucking bad for the president of your own party. But it gets way worse when you look at the total number of people who are even willing to identify as Republicans. 
See, when you hear that Trump's approval rating is still high among Republicans, it's important to remember that the number of people identifying as Republicans is shrinking rapidly. Like, like if I clear the room with a fart, I can't use the fact that 100% of the people still in the room aren't bothered by it as evidence that my shit doesn't stink, right? Right. Especially because in this case, it's like you gambled on that fart and lost, and now you're alone in the room talking about how 100% of the people in the room agree you didn't shit your pants. It's, it's a whole... <laughs> It's a whole thing. <laughs> well said. And in trying to shock a con news tonight. What? In response, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Picking up the mantle. Yep. No, you in, are. in response to London Mayor Sadiq Khan's decision to allow protesters to fly a now infamous diapered baby Trump <laughs> balloon, right wing protesters are getting sweet, sweet revenge this week by spending seventy five thousand pounds of their own money to fly their own <laughs> balloons. That depicts Khan in a bright yellow bikini. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- this strikes me as a last minute excuse when somebody saw him coming out of the shop with it, though, right? Like, hey, right wing protester, dude, what you doing with that $100,000 inflatable version of the mayor in lingerie? It's it's for a protest. No, yeah, yeah, it's for a protest, sure. <laughs> oh, when is it? Ah, oh, Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> God. <laughs> So, speaking of that uh, protester, the organizer of the protest, Yanni Brewer, who describes himself as a free speech advocate when he's not tweeting things like hashtag Jews run the world and claims that Auschwitz was a fabrication from his now deleted Twitter accounts, described the campaign in the following way, quote, in the light of the Donald Trump baby Trump balloon being allowed to fly over London during his visit to the UK. Let's get a baby con one and see if free speech applies to all and whether or not Mr. Khan and the London Assembly will also approve this. End quote. And yeah, they did. He got permission. So it's like <laughs> It's like Sadiq Khan meant what he said. When yeah. You know. No, it's almost like only four-year-olds in our president would bother to be insulted by something like that. Yeah. But how does the totally pwned Khan feel about being so thoroughly mocked by this vast spending of other people's money? Well, <laughs> according to Sadiq Khan in an interview, quote, if people want to spend their Saturday looking at me in a yellow bikini, they're welcome to do so. I don't really think yellow's my color, though. End quote. Oh, he doesn't care. <laughs> He doesn't see, care. See, Trump? Now it's deflated. It's that's yeah, it's, that, it's, it's over now. It's a, it's a balloon. <sighs> and in happily ever NAFTA news tonight, <laughs> Schmuckle Orange took a victory lap last Monday announcing a new trade deal with Mexico, despite there not being a new trade deal with Mexico. <laughs> exactly. In reality, Mexico just agreed in principle to some minor revisions of NAFTA, most, most of which are strongly opposed by everyone. Like, like, seriously, the main difference now with the deal is that it'll have to be renegotiated every six years, which really fucking sucks if you're, say... A person who does business with Mexico or Canada and plans to still exist six years from now. <laughs> Dude, this new trade agreement says something about answering three riddles. <laughs> where, do, where do I put that in TurboTax? I don't, this is. Oh. All right. So during the televised premature ejaculation, Trump said, quote, Hello, everybody. <laughs> yes. How he started. So I'm surprised he didn't follow it with, I didn't see you there. But anyway, he <laughs> continues. This has to do, they used to call it NAFTA. I didn't leave anything out, by the way. He apparently saw a squirrel mid-sentence or something. <laughs> uh, continuing. We're going to call it the United States-Mexico Trade Agreement, and now it's very good for both countries, and we look very much forward to it. 
end quote. So Sick. Yeah. Sick end quote. Sick. <laughs> As always. So in case you were wondering how much forward they were looking to it, he cleared that up. It's very. Uh, he then spent <laughs> something like 11 minutes yelling into a phone with nobody on it before the Mexican switchboard guy stopped fucking with him and put Mexican President Enrique Peña Nieto on the phone. <laughs> Remember how controversial FDR's fireside chats were because they were too informal. <laughs> I miss the 1930s. Oh, what a great depression back then, right? Of course, this announcement was conspicuously lacking one third of the trade deals he's trying to renegotiate. And while Trump dismissed this with a blustery bunch of shit about how Canada could take it or leave it, that doesn't actually match up with like the law, yep. right? So like NAFTA is a treaty. It's not an executive agreement. That means it was ratified by Congress and can't be dismissed because Trump got all arm crossy and constipated looking about it. Congress already gave Trump permission to renegotiate the trilateral deal, but a U.S.-Mexico deal would require all new shit and time's running out quick on a friendly Congress. Also, Peña Nieto is a lame duck and something tells me the guy who ran on burning Trump in effigy because all we could get was an effigy isn't going to be quite as conciliatory. Yeah, I don't think so. And this isn't going to, like, just affect the Trump presidency. It's going to affect our relationship with Mexico for decades. Like, you can't slide into an assistant manager's position at Staples when your predecessor called everyone in the stockroom a rapist and then went to jail for stealing pencils. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Now, in the aftermath of the announcement, administration officials seemed confident they'd have Canada on board by Friday, which... They were hoping we'd have forgotten by now, I guess. Of course, that's not to say there was no movement on the Canadian front. The negotiations took a huge step backwards on Friday when the Toronto Star reported an off-the-record comment Trump made during an interview with Bloomberg News in which he responded to a question about whether he's negotiating in good faith by saying, quote, this is a real quote again. Here's the problem. If I say no, then you're going to put that and it's going to be so insulting they're not going to be able to make a deal. I can't kill these people, end quote. I'm not what? sure what the fuck that means. I, I, I like Lamenting his inability to murder all of Canada seems like it's being underreported, though. I cannot yeah, right. possibly put context to that. To be fair, though, I bet I could murder a fair chunk of Canada out of sheer social contract. Just like... <laughs> Ooh, I'm so sorry. I need to murder you. I need to. And they'll be like, oh, okay. Okay. I understand. I understand. Go on. Go on. Do your thing. All right. So once that statement was reported, Trump bitched and moaned about the off the record comment becoming public, but then immediately doubled down on it, saying, quote, at least Canada knows how I feel. End quote. Oh, my he God. Then, yeah. He's going to tag them in a Tumblr post. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, this is fucking Internet balls. The presidency. <laughs> He then went on to explain that there was, quote, no political necessity to keep Canada in a new NAFTA deal, end quote, which was a response to Republican lawmakers telling him that keeping Canada in the deal was a political necessity, right? (laughs) Not to mention the only thing he has legal authority to do. He added that if Congress interfered with his negotiations, he would, quote, simply terminate NAFTA entirely, end quote, which, again, he doesn't have the authority (laughs) to do. He does not. It's slightly more substantive than me threatening to end NAFTA, which I'll do if Trump doesn't buy me a pony. Balls in your court, motherfucker. All right. Well, while we film our ransom video, we'll take a quick break to hear from this week's second sponsor, Indochino. I I still don't understand why I need a suit, Mrs. Trump. Please, Jyler, every bong who works for my husband ends up in core. I want you to look nice. But, Mrs. Trump... Call me Black Mambaza, baby. Not your name. Are you sure? Yes. 
But buying a suit is such a drag. Nothing ever fits. There's there's no choice in fabrics. Ah, 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 but Jyler, not when you use Indochino. Uh, what's Indochino? Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear company, and it's been featured in major publications, including GQ, Forbes, and Fast Company. They make suits and shirts made to your exact measurements for a great fit. But does it take a long time? Like, last time I went home to take a shower, your husband tweeted a threat of nuclear war. Which time? Uh, good point. Well, you visit a showroom or shop online at Indochino.com, you pick up a fabric, you choose your customizations, you submit your measurements, and you wait for your custom suit to arrive in just a few weeks. Wow, just a few weeks? Your husband might not even be president by then. Oh, from your lips, baby. And this week, our listeners get any premium Indochino suit for just $379 at Indochino.com when entering Skepticrat at checkout. That's 50% of the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code Skepticrat for any premium suit for just $379 and free shipping. That's an incredible deal for a suit that will fit you more than anything off the rack ever could you know what that is an amazing deal let's do it oh you're gonna look so good at the hague you know i'm not sure if you're correctly pronouncing hague or you jump over the hague you hide behind the hague you make hags for breakfast gonna be great got it (laughs) (laughs) okay all right let's see who else is here i i see dick cheney's here great to see you dick Thanks for taking time off fighting Batman with a machine gun umbrella to be here. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> it was like the penguin. Uh, Sarah Palin couldn't be here, unfortunately. Sarah, of course, famous for saying she can see Russia from her house. Well, did she know she was actually looking at Trump's campaign headquarters? Am I right? <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming to the funeral of John McCain, everybody. Don't forget to tip your waitresses. Amazing grace. And now, back to the headlines again. And in Hurricane in the Ass news tonight, the official death in Puerto Rico has been raised from the previous 64 to 2,975 this week, thanks to an independent study commissioned by the Puerto Rican government. This comes as a surprise to literally nobody except the Trump administration who responded to statements like, no, seriously, I'm looking at more than 64 dead bodies in the room I'm standing in. I'm sending you a picture. Please send more than paper towels with can't get texts right now. The country's on night and weekend minutes. Yeah, right. What? What? You're breaking up. I can't hear you, sir. I'm not on the phone. I'm standing right in front of you. uh, No, no. Can't hear you. Okay. You're turning away. He's turned away. And. I want to point this out for a couple of reasons. First of all, this is barely news. Right. Like, this is an incompetence-based disaster with an official death toll 20 people lower than 9-11, and I have barely heard about it. Yeah, I feel like maybe that was the plan, right? Like, they were like, well, Bush's approval rating shot up into the 90s when 3,000 people died on his watch because of his incompetence, and Trump's like... We can be at least as incompetent as them. We can yeah, do He this. probably put smallpox in those paper towels just to be sure. Yeah, I would not be surprised. And the second reason that I wanted to bring this up is that the Trump administration has and is still 
counting their work in Puerto Rico as a win. Yep. I mean, a few days after the hurricane, Trump told Puerto Rico they should be, quote, very proud of all your people. He followed this up by saying, if you look at a real catastrophe like Katrina and you look at the tremendous hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that died, 16 people versus the in the thousands, end quote, and then he shot paper towels at them. Out of a fucking t-shirt gun, practically. <laughs> like, and by the way, after this came out, he doubled down on it again. Yes. Ah. So uh. with more on this story, we're going to turn to our roving reporter, Lucinda Lusions, who is live in Puerto Rico. Lucinda, from what you've seen, how's the recovery coming there? Um, It looks great here. Okay, so where in Puerto Rico are you? London. That, That's not in Puerto Rico. Well, no, that place is all kinds of fucked up. And when I heard there was going to be a giant balloon of Sadiq Khan floating over this place, I said, shit, that's the place to be. If the thought of Sadiq Khan in a yellow bikini doesn't do it for you, it's just because you lack imagination, Noah. Okay, I see. But but the thing is that you're supposed to be somewhere that's relevant to the story. It's relevant to a story. Right, but not the one that we're talking about now. Which one are you talking about now? Weren't you listening to the show? I was thinking about Sadiq Khan in a yellow bikini, actually. Okay, okay, well, we're on to the one about Puerto Rico raising the death toll from Hurricane Maria. Oh, well, you could have had me on for the Sadiq Khan story. This is really more your fault than mine. Right, but the ad drop has to be in the first 60% of the show. It's it, it's a whole thing. Gotcha. I, I mean, I guess I could go to Germany. Well, how would that be relevant to this story? Well, I'll... Tell them that by Trump math, they only killed 129,075 Jews. They'll be stoked. Okay, well, don't do that. Okay. Enjoy London. Will do. And finally tonight in What's the Beef News? State lawmakers in Missouri moved to protect dumb people from accidentally eating healthier and not killing things when they enacted a law last Tuesday to make it illegal to advertise vegetable-based products with terms usually associated with animal products such as meaty, ground beef style, and delicious. Advocates for vegetarian meat alternatives have labeled this as a brazen attempt to stifle the growing sales of plant-based meat, while supporters point out that the taste of plant-based meat already does that. Indeed it does. What's Missouri? Missouri going to do next? Make a law pointing out hand jobs are worse than blow jobs. And we all <laughs> why? Why Missouri? And and let's be clear here. Nobody on earth thinks consumers are bringing home a box labeled tofurkey plant-based deli slices thinking it's made of bird. The power behind this bill is surprise surprise the animal killing industry. Right, the U.S. has seen a major uptick in vegetarianism and in people who are just trying to eat less meat. And groups like the National Cattlemen's Association are concerned, not, not over their bottom line, of course, but over their altruistic desire to, in the words of their published 2018 priorities, protect consumers from fake meat. Fake meat. People <laughs> crossing the border with untested Canadian bacon's a real problem. <laughs> Bernie 2020. Yes, I build that wall. <laughs> Unless I be accused of infusing our listeners with hope for the future, I should point out that the U.S. is not seeing a drop in the amount of meat it's consuming as a whole. Because nope. while we have seen a 50% uptick in vegetarianism in the last decade or so, that's ticking up from a crazy low number. And apparently, like, Wisconsin has agreed to pick up all the slack because the total amount of meat consumption is still going up. The average American is expected to consume a record-smashing 222 pounds of meat this year, uh, coming in at number two worldwide, just shy of Australia's somehow even more than that. What? Why is your country not fat? You guys eat the most meat. 
How? Piggyback on that. Why is your entire country gorgeous sun bronzed Adonises? Like, right? Everyone is at least two clicks up from America. <laughs> and we were at a skeptics convention. A right? skeptics convention. <laughs> and everyone was attracted. That's a safe bet. <laughs> and on that conundrum, we're going to wrap it up for the night. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. Thanks to Lucinda Illusions. Thanks to the always here in spirit, Heath Enright. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money on our donation page at patreon.com slash Just like all the fine people who will get thanked by name when Heath gets back because they're worth the wait. And whether or not you're feeling financial benevolent like those fine people if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge check out our brother and sister shows the scathing atheist god awful movies and citation needed available on itunes stitcher or the deep web we just have one last thing let's compliment that pianist special thanks to ryan slotnick of evil traps on mars he's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today which were used with permission you should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by googling the only band called evil giraffes on mars until next time catchphrase sign off uh, the only attractive skeptics are famous. <laughs> Did you see my Facebook status went viral? Look how viral I'm going right now. Uh, wait, so how viral is it? It how many is shares do you? at 378 shares right now. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty viral. Go. That's good. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Isn't it weird that going viral is a good thing now? It is. I mean, just like throughout all of human history, <laughs> like since that word was coined, that would have been like, you would have said I went viral and I would have been like, oh, I'm oh, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Are you lying on a fainting couch dying? Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. So like I'm telling my wife about the Ariana Grande thing and I'm only doing it so that I can like, you know play past her while she plays Ariana Grande, you know? Right. So I'm just telling her, I'm like, he's, he's like this, and then he turns her and he does this, and then he, and, and if, after a certain point, she's like, okay, I get it. I get it. No, I see what we're, I see what you're going for. And I'm like, no, no. And then he went like, no, she's like, no, no. He didn't do it. that. He had clamps. I, I don't believe you. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Not fooling anybody. <laughs> Heath picked. Hey, that's so fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> And in, I've I scrolled wrong. <laughs> I have no idea where I am. That, well, I get I get how when Heath's not here to help you with the scrolling thing. That's, that's what it, what Heath usually Heath usually scrolls for a good ten minutes. So I have so much more time. <laughs> yeah, no, he gives you around. a little extra time. No, that's true. That's true. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright twenty eighteen. All rights reserved.